Hey everybody, this is Kim C, and you're listening to The Year of Underrated Stephen King, a literary book podcast, a one-woman show that tries, tries its very best to give you a little bit more when exploring the underrated King titles. Hello friends, and welcome to a fun little episode I am calling Countdown to Lisi. So I mentioned a couple weeks ago in our one year anniversary special, some of the topics I was juggling here and there with, and for whatever reason, I just decided that this had to happen, guys, and that is the countdown to Lisi's story, the theatrical limited series premiering on Apple TV on June 4th. So we're about a month and change, a month and a few days-ish, until that deadline. And so this episode is all about Basically, me uh, standing on a hill with my megaphone, shouting to all of you to read Lisey's story before the show starts, as well as, I think, trying to unpack for myself in my own mind how Lisey's story has become larger than life for me. So we're going to analyze it. But first, I do want to encourage that everybody plug in with the novel Lisey's story from 2006 as soon as you can. I'm pretty sure it's 2006. It might be 2008. I might be getting my dates fudged a little bit, but I've read Lisey's story for the podcast. It was one of the very first episodes, and I, I just, oh my gosh, guys, there's so much to say. I think that's why I keep talking about Lisey's story. The reason why I am, you know, of course, wanting everybody to read the book before we watch the show, because that's just the coolest thing that any fan can do, of course. But I think the other reason why is that this novel is so polarizing to so many, my friends. If you've heard my episode on Lisey's story and the handful of times, I, I think I could probably count on both hands now, the amount of times I've mentioned Lisey's story throughout the podcast, there there is just, this is one of those that so many King, constant readers and King fans have just, they've shaken their heads and said, you know what, I didn't finish it. I shut it. I couldn't get into it. I've tried four times and I keep hearing this from King fans and so this episode is really kind of like a uh me kind of begging a little bit please give it a chance please find a way to make your way through this novel because they are in fact correct the people who aren't crazy about this book they are validated for sure like I would validate emotions for sure because as I've mentioned before Lisey's Story is a very challenging book, my friends. So if you've really never heard of Lisey's Story, I'm just going to say that right now. It's challenging in so many ways. It is so challenging, in fact, that I really strongly, highly do not recommend that first-time King readers crack this one open. No, 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 no. Put this on the very bottom of the pile. But for, uh, I would say, you got to be minimum 20 King books in to, to give this one a go. Uh, but for any of you who have stopped the book, started... This is sort of my episode to kind of say, go pick it up, guys. Go get it. 
and if you have tried to get into it previously and just couldn't, my advice is to download the audiobook read by Mare Winningham, actress Mare Winningham. She played um, Ralph Emerson, am I getting that his name right? Um, from uh, Mr. Mercedes and then they did The Outsider on HBO a few years ago. So Mayor Winningham plays Ralph Emerson. Why am I saying Emerson? I think I'm right. So we're going to go with my gut instinct here because um, yeah, I, I think I forgot. I always forget to scribble character last names in my notes. So Ralph Emerson, but please forgive me if I'm getting that wrong. Ralph. We're just going to say Ralph. Um, Ralph is the main uh, police officer detective in The Outsider that came out in 2018. A fantastic HBO adaptation followed. Mayor Winningham is the actress who plays his wife. She does an amazing job, and she does an even more amazing job narrating the novel of Lisey's story. So right now, guys, we've got a little under a month before the show is released, and I really want all of you, if you have shelved Lisey's story in the past, or if you're never, if you've never really heard of it and it doesn't really interest you, but you're kind of interested in the show, we need to read this book, guys. We really need to read this book um, for so many reasons, and one of those being uh, the show. The show is, of course, what I want to talk about first. And the reason why I am so excited, guys, is because Mr. Stephen King has written all nine episodes, all of them. My guys, this is huge. Anytime King puts his pen to the page, it's huge. And if you notice, it's uh, typically quite successful. I did an episode on Storm of the Century, which came out in 1999 on ABC, and oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, was it incredible. I also have a copy of the screenplay, which is absolutely magic. Um, I believe Rose Red was also penned by King, but uh, jump back to my episode on Rose Red because I don't think it was entirely by King. Uh, I know the concept and the premise was and a lot of the characters and stuff like that, but um, Ergo, when King puts his pen to the page, we get magic. We really do. I know that there might be a couple films where people might say, ah, not exactly magic. I know, like, Maximum Overdrive is apparently, but I don't know if... Anyway, I can't speak on that. I haven't seen it, so we're gonna stay on topic here, but all nine episodes, guys, he has written, and King has been quoted many times as really kind of giving a lot of special attention to Lisey's story. The subject is very close to his heart. It's about marriages, and one can't help but infer his very long-time marriage to novelist Tabitha King. You know, you just can't help but draw some comparisons, some parallels, but King loves this book. He absolutely loves it, and I think from what I recall from the two times I've read it, it is one of the most artistically bizarre, uh, is one of the phrases I'll use for it, out of a host of many that I have. But this is so artistic and avant-garde, experimental, most definitely. Uh, but King loves this thing, and so I am thrilled to see his personal adaptation of the story. So, uh, as we can all assume, it's probably gonna be quality with a capital Q. 
which I'm so excited to explore. Um, but even more so, uh, other than the show, guys. So the show is number one. Like, we gotta read the book because of the show. But number two, uh, the instructor in me, the fiction teacher in me, is so entranced by this weird book, guys. Like, this is the academic in me is salivating over the analysis because this novel is such a nutballs roller coaster ride. And the the analysis portion of just slicing and dicing and rearranging, juxtaposing, uh, getting a microscope out and looking at what King is doing here, looking at his playing with reality, um, the concepts of love and grief and the magical realism, the strange power of language, hidden code. I, I, There's so much here, guys. And so I think the other reason why I'm making this episode specifically to ask all of you guys to read Lisey's story in the next few weeks is because I want to talk about this book more because it is so weird, my friends. It is so weird and there are parts where I like, I'm just so lost. I'm so confused. I don't like it. It's too dark. And then there are other parts where I'm just in awe. In awe. There's a lot of cool stuff going on here. And then in addition to all of the weird I mentioned, we also have some tried and true typical King tropes, such as the obsessed fan comes into play. Uh, a very sinister villain pops up named Jim Dooley. He's creepy-rific, uh, to the point where I've given him honorable mention in several top villain categories thus far on the podcast. But I want to talk more about Lizzie's story, guys, because I find myself... Uh, as I work my way through the underrated King titles, anytime I get like a twisty little curveball of a book or a short story, I always grab at Lisey's story. And I'm kind of asking myself, as well as all of you, like, why am I doing that? Like, why do I keep bringing up Lisey's story? Why do I keep thinking about it? And I think it's because there's so much there, guys. At least there is for me. So if, uh, for those of you who haven't finished Lisey's story, because I know there's a lot of haters out there, and that's okay. This book is polarizing. I know there are some Lisey's story haters who are like, this is the worst thing ever. This is trash. This is unreadable. This is so upsetting. Or it's just so confusing. Or it's so long to get into. It's dry. It's boring. All the things. All valid all valid for you. But I think what's so intriguing about all that is there, you know, once you unpack all of that, you're, there's magic. Very much like magic in Rose Matter. So for those of you who are in the haters club, totally fine. You could stay there. I am not trying to convince anybody what to feel about a book. But what I am trying to do is maybe encourage that people finish the book if they haven't or give it another read because two reads was a really gratifying experience for me. And really, I think that's what that's what did it. The second read really kind of solidified that Lisey's story is A, something very special and be perhaps something genius. 
just throwing that out there. Um, but I would like to speak to the haters really quick and just kind of say, if you enjoyed Rose Matter, 1995's Rose Matter, I think you should give Lisey's story a try. So Rose Matter, of course, and Lisey's story are totally comparable. And hear me out. So Rose Matter is about a battered woman and a terrible marriage, a lot of domestic violence. Um, but then we have this main character named Rosie McClendon Daniels, but we really hate her last name because her married name is from Norman Daniels, who's a terrible, terrible human being. But then once we're about halfway into the book, we get this absolutely incredible, magical portion where the reader literally goes through a painting. Well, not really, literally, pardon me, where our character literally goes through the painting. So Rosie steps inside to another world and has this amazing, uh, magical, bizarre, experimental, yet historically rich experiment or experience because there's a lot of Greek mythology going on. That's about halfway through the book with Rose Matter and it blew my doors in guys because all of a sudden I'm trucking through this very dark book, lots of suffering, lots of violence and I'm asking myself when will it end and then all of a sudden my character steps into a painting and she's there for reals and there's this mysterious female figure on a horse or I think it's a Pony, but we, she's got arm jewelry and a braid and this sort of blood purplish red colored gown and it just gets cooler from there guys and there's this temple and a maze and um, a, a forbidden pool where if she drinks it she'll die it just it it gets really cool really quick and so that is very similar, a sproutling, if you will, to what we have with Lucy's story, which we've got a most definite magical world named Booyah Moon, which is slightly silly, but it works. Um, we also have some violence as well. Uh, heads up to anybody who is triggered by uh, child abuse. So this one's a little more difficult to swallow because it involves children. It is very hard, guys. Just, just a heads up. Some dark subject matter is explored in Lisey's story, but we do have a lot of abuse uh, suffered among characters, young and old for the most part. Even we, we have some self-harm involved as well. Little triggering, just a heads up. But King, as we know, does explore those dark parts pretty well. So if you enjoyed Rose Matter, or if Rose Matter was something that moderately intrigued you, or if you walked away from Rose Matter not hating it, I highly, highly, highly recommend, friends, that you would crack open Lacey's story because I think there's a lot of comparable elements, but a richer and deeper story here. Because in Rose, in Rose Matter, we have a terrible marriage, terrible, horrific marriage that needs to end, as well as a lot of domestic abuse. Whereas with Lacey's story, we have a very 
<clears throat> it is loving. It is a loving marriage, but it's an interesting bond for sure. It's an interesting connection amongst these two people, between these two individuals. And it explores, oh gosh, I hate to use the word codependency, but we, we definitely have some rich relationship exploration going on here. So we also have the abuse, we've got some dark subjects explored, um, but also a lot of magic, a lot of magic. And what's really cool with Lacey's story is we've got the hopeful magic that's encouraging and cool and beguiling, really intriguing, mysterious, fun, beautiful. We also have some dark magic in the form of monsters, the unknown, what's in the shadows, things in the night that will eat you. Um, so I love the duality of the world that King has brought. So my selling point for anybody who's like, oh, Lisey's story, I just can't even think of the show. Let's do it for the show because I'm really excited, guys. Like super duper duper excited. Can't wait. And then also, let's do it for Rose Matter. I think if any of you guys walked away from Rose Matter, Lisey's story is a terrific comparison title. Um, just in their, in the way that they kind of definitely shine. I think Rose Matter really was the sproutlings that King planted in order to get the uh, strong roots for for Lisey's story. Just a theory of mine. What do you guys think? Some of you constant readers out there. I know it might have been a bit of time since you've read both back-to-back uh, -back, or if you have read both of them around the same time. Uh, but if you have, think about it. Think about some of the isolated events within Rose Matter, as well as some of the more climactic elements in Lisey's story. And I think we'll be on the same page together. So if you are somebody who has tried and tried again to read Lisey's story, this is me on the hill on my megaphone uh, pleading, please guys, please give Lisey's story a read because it is, uh, this is one of these titles I can't shake guys. I can't get it out of my head. There's so much to explore. Uh, in terms of the type of woman Lisey is, the type of man Scott is, the, the mystical, magical elements of Scott, and then of Lisey. And, oh my gosh, this, this world, this Booyah Moon, how they get there, what it's a symbol for. Oh my god, guys, the symbolism is off the charts. The language is off the charts. This thing is just so jam-packed with things to talk about. And I think that's why I'm loving it so much, is there's so much to blab about here. And my coverage on Lacey's story, I think it was just not long enough. I think I need to do more. So that's why we're here today in this mini episode where I am kind of uh, doing a megaphone call to everybody out there let's read Lacey's story, guys. I don't know if I have time for a third read, but I am going to thumb through the novel once more for a third time and kind of reread some scenes that were very important, as well as some recurring phrases and language. 
Some of them I will announce now, and I'm really wondering if King's gonna use them. Of course, one of the biggest ones, Bool, B-O-O-L, which it's used throughout the novel as, it's actually got multiple meanings, I think. I think the one we see it, we see it, um, inhabit most of all is kind of a euphemism for like aha and gotcha um, and we see King do this a little bit with the word rube we had that in a few books we've seen it in several books actually we've um, it was in revival a little bit with um, uh, our main villain mr. is he Daniels as well oh my god this is what I hate <laughs> um, our, Charles I think it's Charles Daniels. I'm not for sure. Um, please forgive me on all character names, but our he, he's a Charlie. He's a Charlie. Um, our main villain uh, uses the word rube. We jump over to one of Kim C's all-time favorites, Joyland from 2013. The word rube is used all over there. Rube is a carny word for sucker or just a dum-dum who's going to give you their money and they're just a sap. They're a sucker. Uh, we see it quite a bit used by the queen of the true not rose the hat lots of rube usage so king plays with language quite a bit uh he also plays with music as we know i'm making my way through uh drawing of the three and there's a song from the 50s heavenly shades of night are falling i'm forgetting the group because this is the time kim c has the memory of a fruit fly trying to recall facts from other stories but um i do know as soon as i heard a character inside drawing of the three singing that song heavenly shades of night are falling i was able to jump back to hearts in atlantis which is one of our last stories um, where we've got that song. That song is in multiple stories, actually, in Hearts in Atlantis, which is such a beautiful collection if you haven't read it. Or you can jump back to my episodes on Hearts in Atlantis if you would like to hear more about that song. But uh, King plays with songs, he plays with phrases, but oh my god, we've got bool, we've got smuck <laughs> instead of the F word. What else do we have? We have drink. Uh, that's a weird one. That one's kind of used off and on. We have Sweet Mother, which is kind of used in, in a curse word fashion. Uh, uh, we have Cut. I remember Cut. Um, it has a lot of meanings in terms of the violence against Scott Landon and his younger brother. It's pretty rough, but Cut is definitely something that has multiple meanings. Oh gosh, there's so many, guys, so many isolated uh, words, including Booyah Moon and what that means. Um, Afghan, uh, but it's called African. Uh, just all kinds of playful, imaginative, weird words that have multiple meanings, layers and layers of meanings. So the language fascinates me, the recurring ways he plays with these words i'm just drooling over it clearly i can't get it out of my head i mention it all the time i think everybody's sick of it uh, as you're working your way through these episodes i'm always like this is like lacy's story so 
So this is my PSA to everybody out there. We have a little less than a month to go before June 4th hits. We all need to subscribe to Apple TV to make sure we get Lisey's story streaming and ready to go. I haven't decided if I'm gonna do an episode by episode, but I think at least coverage for the podcast, but I think I might, guys. I think that this novel, for whatever reason, has become such a source of curiosity for me such a source of inspiration, of absolute just befuddlement. I'm so puzzled. I'm so curious. I don't know. I, and I'm with everybody out there. When I first read Lisey's story, I was like, this kind of sucks. Like, this is difficult. This is really challenging to get into. But then, of course, once you, you do reach that halfway point, and once you do sort of gel with um, Booyah Moon and this really strange yet lovely relationship between Scott and Lisey. Once that started to germinate for me, I was on board. Kind of like what happened with Rose Matter. The last thing I wanted to do was read a book about domestic violence. The last thing. But yet, when Rosie enters the painting, I was on board. And so I think for me, Lisey story especially, um, but Rose Matter as well, as well as I've heard other uh, King tales out there that are a little challenging, like Tommyknockers or Insomnia, where there's a lot of imagination, a lot of magical realism. I don't know. It, it is, it's captured me, guys. It's captured me, and I want to explore it more. It's really hard for me to let this title go, and I'm so excited. It's been adapted, and we're going to get this very rich, very cool show with some top top performers. And I think we need a little bit of a show redemption, guys. I mean, we had 2020's The Stand on CBS All Access, which is now the Paramount Plus Network. And it was, um, well, <laughs> it wasn't my favorite. I'm going to say that. I loved the actors they chose. I felt casting was top notch. There was a lot of cool things. However, um, it, it failed me. It failed my heart quite a bit, and I think it failed the majority of us out there. So I'm really hungry for a redemptive show experience, my guys, and I have a lot of faith that the weirdness of this book, translated by King's own hand, with these tremendous performers is gonna be some special. So I really want to share it with all of you, and I think because Lisey's story has just climbed into my mind as this incredibly banana balls novel that has leached its thorny hands around me. I just, I, I can't let it go. So maybe we're gonna do episode by episode coverage, but uh, I can't stop talking about this novel. So this is just a tiny little episode where I'm asking everybody listening out there, let's pick up Lisey's story. If you've tried once before, get the audiobook, read it alongside Mir Winningham. You will not regret it. She's tremendous. She's professional. She does a kick-ass job. And she also reads The Gingerbread Girl, I believe. Pretty sure. I'm like 90% sure she reads a super kick-ass story called The Gingerbread Girl, which is a thriller from start to finish, which is the first story, I believe, in Just After Sunset, which is a wonderful short story collection. So Mare Winningham is a wonderful, wonderful reader. Um, she's 
been an authorial uh, voice, um, at least a performer of King's work, in several short story collections, and every time I hear her, I'm just like, yes, yes, Mare's on board. So please listen to the audiobook, read alongside with the text for an even more rich experience. And what I'd like to do, guys, is let's talk about it. Let's talk about Lucy's story. Please write into the show at underratedsk at gmail. Tell me any thoughts you have, whether you could say, I finished it, it sucked the first time, it sucked the second time, or I just don't get it, it's boring, or I really don't care. Because the other thing is, I am not a married woman myself. I hope to be someday. The little Disney character that lives inside my heart definitely wants that. Um, therefore, I nor have I been married before. So it's it's those one of those things where I'm wondering if that impacts my if it's more of a subjective thing for the reader. For example, um, if you are somebody has who has been in a committed partnership with someone for a long time. What is it like for you to read this story? I would really love to hear your personal thoughts on what the novel Lisey's story is getting right or in terms of the subject matter, in terms of uh, long-term commitment and the good times and the bad times and in Lisey and Scott's story there are some bad times guys like 50 A's in that bad like bad times like we have addiction we've got near death quite literally we've got haunted past and brokenness and Scotland and is definitely a tragic character most definitely so I want to talk about this book, guys. I want to talk more about it. And the more I make my way through the underrated King works, the more I want to talk about Lisey's story. I don't know what it is about this book, but I'm getting real excited for the show, guys. And I am, I'm, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I'm going to have to do episode by episode coverage because... Oh, I can't shake this book, guys. I can't shake it. And I don't know why. That's the other thing. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of parts to Lisey's story I don't like. I don't really like to read about children being abused and psychologically tormented and uh, other horrors of childhood that are absolute scars for life. Because what I've noticed, especially having survived Bag of Bones, is that when King wants to make a scar on either a character or the reader. Oh my god, like he's real good at that. Real good at the kill your darlings um, motif that we see within fiction about putting your characters through absolute hell to see what they're made of. King sometimes does too good a job with that, just throwing that out there as a lot of us know. Um, but I am so into this book, guys, and I want to keep talking about it. Ergo, let's read Lisey's story. Please, for me, give it a chance. Get your hands on a copy, get your hands on the audiobook, read through it to highlight some of the recurring phrases, bull, smuck, oh god, there's so many, booyah moon, drink, cut, uh, African for Afghan, that was a big one I remember, bool, I think I've said that several times now, but 
highlight them. Let's highlight them. Let's go over it. Let's explore the relationship between uh, Lisey and her sister, Lisey and Jim Dooley, Lisey and Scott, loss, grief, marriage, fantasy, uh, dark magic, light magic. Let's explore it, my guys. I cannot wait. This book is jam-packed with weirdness, super advanced for king readers so please do not let your beginning friends read this one they will know it's we shouldn't subject them to that pain <laughs> but do me a favor guys and chip away at this with me over the next couple weeks i'm gonna thumb through some sections and i'm gonna be ready for the show that starts on the apple network on june 4th i'm gonna be there with bells on and i'm definitely gonna talk about the first episode because i cannot wait to see uh actress julianne moore clive owen as lisi and scott landon i think who else do we have so many um of course i see their faces but not their names because <laughs> that's the day we're having um but that's all i wanted to talk about today guys this is a psa to read lisi's story guys read it read it read it do it for me I would appreciate it so much if you would write into the show underratedsk at gmail or you can jump back to the Instagram post for Lisey's story. You can write us on any of the socials, Twitter or Insta. I don't have a TikTok page yet. I'm not that cool. But uh, tell me your thoughts. Tell me your thoughts on Lisey. If you just are like hashtag over it, you think it's dumb, you think it's just bloated and ridiculous and all over the place and just sort of a king stream of consciousness that's completely disconnected and really has no merit. I mean, that's valid. I validate all feelings of hate, all feelings of uh, negativity. They are all welcome. I just want to talk about this book a little bit more, guys, because it's got its claws in me. It's definitely got its booyah moon. The laughers, the laughers. For those of you who read the book, you will know. So um, please reach out. Tell me about your thoughts on Lacey's story. Uh, let's thumb through some of those scenes and let's get ready for the show starting on June 4th. So thanks so much for listening to my little Lacey story rant. I will be back soon with Drawing of the Three. Bye-bye.